Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 144. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have another guest, Jack Quigley. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to be digging into the idea of best friends and what it means to have a best friend. So my first question to you, Jack, would be what your earliest memories are of that concept. Do you remember the term being thrown around a lot in your childhood or maybe adolescence? Was it an immediate declaration in your experience? For me, I think it was something that was actually probably imposed by my parents because I think my first best friend was actually just my first friend. His name was Jack. He lived across the street from me. And my family moved there when we were two. He was just my only friend at the time because he lived across the street and we could just run across the street and hang out with each other. And I think because he was my only friend, my parents then said, oh, that's your best friend, Jack. And I think from then on, that's how I sort of interpreted that was just he was my best friend at the time because he was my only friend and him and I then always knew each other better than anybody else. So I guess it kind of just stuck that way. But that's my first impression of my best friend. And as a follow-up, I'd be really curious to know if that title, even if it was imposed by your parents, led you to interact with Jack in a different or more prominent way than later friends you would have, or if it didn't really have any effect on your socialization. I don't know if it affected how I would interact with my other friends, but in my own mind, I think there was always just this kind of tiered system of, oh, Jack's the best, and everyone else is kind of, if Jack's not free, then I'll go and hang out with everybody else. Which is an interesting pyramid of sorts to construct because I remember having very similar experiences. I would say my first best friend was Dean in Mercer Island, Washington, and I remember vividly hanging out with him a lot. And I feel like our friendship had a very similar path in which I would try to hang out with him as much as I could because we got along, but also I think just by happenstance because kids don't really have a sense of themselves in a way that we do as we grow older. And so I think it was really just that he was around and often we would socialize and if he wasn't available, I would find other friends. But I do think it's curious in a way that we do attach a label of a best friend to someone and that they are in some ways better than our other friends or maybe more available. And that's why we call them our best friends. And so for the sake of our conversation, I'd really love to know how you would define a best friend and if you believe that definition has changed for you over the course of your life so far. I'll answer your second question first. I think the definition itself may not necessarily have changed, but I think how we choose our best friends or how we associate ourselves with our best friends may shift over time. Like we were saying, when you're younger, I think a lot of it is just proximity and availability. I was best friends with Jack at first just because he was right across the street. He was the closest friend I had, and so he was the best friend that I had. When you grow older, I think it becomes less of a proximity thing and more of an emotional type connection. To answer your first question, I think best friend is actually something that's very kind of hard to define. In my mind, my best friend or best friends, if you think you can have multiple, they're the person or people that whenever anything is going on in your life, if something bad happens, they're the first person that you call outside of your family, or perhaps even inside your family. But they're kind of your first point of contact in any sort of situation, good or bad. They're the person that you're going to call and let them know that you got engaged or that you got a new job, or they're the person you're going to call when you want to talk about you know, a death in the family or the loss of any type of thing. Now, that strikes me as really interesting because it focuses on a support for negative experience, which is not to say that I find it unreasonable. A lot of us, if not all of us, will experience various forms of suffering, sadness, or disappointment in our lives. And so it makes sense that you would have a support system. I think all of us find one over time. 
But that leads me to wonder if you also think best friends fill a category of people who are there to celebrate with you, who are the first ones to congratulate you on your victories, your accomplishments, your graduations of sorts. Do you think that best friends fill that role as well? Or do you think their form of support is most articulate in those dark times when you need them to be there for you? I think they can be present and be kind of that same thing for kind of the positive moments. But I think the difference is that I think just people in general are more open about the happy moments. They're more willing to celebrate with anyone and everyone. And when something negative happens, I think that's when people tend to be more reserved and won't necessarily go and tell their boss or the person that they see at the coffee shop three days a week something negative that's going on in their life. And so I think those are the situations where a best friend can become more apparent because those people are the ones that you still will share everything with, even the negative experiences. And it occurs to me that best friends, at least as you define them, and I'm inclined to agree on many levels, are not only the ones with whom you would share your negative experiences for their sympathy and support, but also those who might know when you're feeling down and might be able to pick up on certain tones or body language or slight variations in your general expression that the average person might not be able to sense for lack of exposure. Do you think that also describes the bond you share with a best friend or with best friends? Definitely. And I was thinking about this a little bit as I was preparing for this. I think one of the things just about friends in general, for me, friends in general can kind of suspect when something is off. Best friends are the people who know when something is off, where even if you're kind of going about your day pretending that everything is great, they're going to be the ones not to say, are you all right? They're going to be the ones to say, you're not all right. What's going on? We can talk about this. Or just be like, I don't know what's going on, but I know something's going on. I'm there for you if you need it. They're the ones who know you almost better than you might even know yourself. Do you agree with that? I actually do. And I feel like I'm realizing something about myself as we're discussing this in that I've had a number of conversations where people have asked me who my best friends were, especially a year ago when we were still in college. Friends would ask on campus or in general who my best friend was because I interacted with various groups of people and might not have had a clear best friend to the average observer. And I wonder if on some subconscious level, perhaps, I have avoided having a best friend of sorts because I don't really enjoy being told how I'm feeling. I don't deal very well with that feeling of sheer vulnerability. And I've often championed vulnerability on this podcast and in my life, but I will admit that I struggle with it at times because you don't want to feel exposed. And so I wonder if I have, to a degree, avoided that in other people who might be able to see it in me very readily when I don't want it to be apparent to other people. But I do agree with you that over time, especially with best friends, their repeated presence in your life allows them to intuit some details about who you are and how you behave and the general patterns in the same way that a data analytics group that works on the internet can gradually calculate certain aspects of your identity because of repeated patterns of web browsing behavior. So one might say that Google's your best friend too, huh? In a way, honestly, I think you could, which leads me to a number of interesting thoughts related to technology, because in a way, especially in the current era, technology does know us to a degree and not in the human sense, but it collects and maintains a lot of information about our daily or weekly or general lives that we lead and knows when to suggest certain products to us or certain videos that we might enjoy, certain music that might be appealing to us. Which would then lead me to ask if you feel best friends have known when and how to help you grow as a person and perhaps push beyond certain comfort zones. I think it's definitely happened on occasion when I've been looking at, for example, job prospects 
there are some things where I'm just not sure whether or not that's actually a field I want to go into, especially coming right out of undergrad, not really knowing what I want to do. And I think the person or two that I would consider my best friends on campus were the ones who were sitting me down and saying, okay, what is it about this job that you like? And what is it about this that it's making you hesitant? Knowing all along what my answers were going to be, but just trying to get me to verbalize it. And when I finally did do that, it actually helped a lot in figuring out what exactly I wanted to do. And I also think your point on technology is interesting because I think also technology plays into it in that it can really allow you to maintain contact with friends even if you're not anywhere near them. Like I was saying, my best friend from when I was two, Jack, he went to college in Pittsburgh and is now back in Chicago. And I've been in Ohio for the last four years, but we've still been able to maintain somewhat close contact. We don't talk nearly as much as we did in high school or before then, but we still know generally what's going on in each other's lives just because of technology and cell phones mainly. And then about a year and a half ago, over the summer, I was working on campus and one of my best friends was out in Massachusetts all summer and we were able to maintain very close contact because we would FaceTime. So we would physically see each other or digitally see each other once a week, pretty much. And I'm glad that you bring up staying in touch with distant friends because a number of people I spoke to in preparation for this conversation with you noted that for them, their best friend was really their oldest friend and they didn't see a huge distinction between the two, which I think is interesting because for me, my earlier best friends are people that I still cherish and love for the roles they have had in my life and the people that they are. But as I've grown and changed, we haven't always been in the same places or shared the same interest, even in keeping in contact, which happens sometimes. And I'd be very curious to know if you think time is a factor in whether or not someone can be your best friend. Do you think that that is the most reliable way to tell if someone is your best friend? And perhaps as an additional question, do you think that it is a mutual decision? Or have you felt that people are your best friends who might not say the exact same thing about your friendship for them? I think time is definitely a contributing factor, mostly because I think it speaks to the level of friendship and the connection that you have if you've been friends with them for, in my case with Jack, 20 years. If we've been getting along for 20 years, there must be something pretty close between us, but I wouldn't say it's the defining factor now. I don't know if you said you were hesitant, but I also am not sure I would agree that your oldest friend is by default your best friend. I think that those two things are, while often pretty correlated, not necessarily always the same thing. And then whether or not the person I call my best friend, whether they'd called me their best friend, that's an interesting question. I think for me, the like two or three people I have in mind right now, I think they would probably say the same thing about me. One of them I've only been friends with for about two years. And I think we both came to the realization that we would call each other our best friend at different times. So there was probably a time in there when I would call him my best friend before he would probably say that about me. But I think that's just kind of the nature of how people connect with one another. And I'm a little more open and he's a little more closed off to people in general. So that kind of progression makes sense to me. And it is curious how human connection works because there was a girl who graduated in the class above us when you and I were juniors at college with whom I became very close really in the last six weeks of our spring semester. And I would actually attribute it to a very curious anecdote in which for no explanation, either in my own mind nor to her, I brought raw eggs to a conversation of ours with no real plan in mind. And I didn't know what my joke would be or what my reasoning would be on any level. And I brought them out during the conversation and acted as though it was completely normal and passed her an egg and continued to hold an egg on my own. 
which might seem like an inconsequential and stupid anecdote to someone listening right now, but I would say that one reason I think she and I became close and I would call her a best friend is that I showed her very quickly and unreservedly, unashamedly, what my sense of humor was and what I thought was funny. And I was lucky enough to find out that she had a very similar or at least congruent sense of humor with mine. And so we became very close and later shared more personal or heavy or more serious details than passing raw eggs back and forth. But for the sake of conversation, I'd really love to know if you've had similar experiences, not necessarily with poultry products, but perhaps with showing your personality in a very honest and immediate way as a means of becoming best friends with someone, whether you intended to or not. I don't think that that's ever how I've made any of my best friends. I think that's how I make a lot of my friends in general. For the most part, I tend to carry myself on a day-to-day basis in a pretty, I like to think, pretty genuine fashion. And I think that's why a lot of the people that I am friends with are friends with me because they see that and they connect with that. But I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily how I've become as close with the, I think, three people that I would consider best friends. I don't think I'd say that that's how we became best friends. In each situation, I think it was a totally different thing. Like I said, with Jack, we were oldest friends and it was proximity. With my best friend from college, I think it was just the nature by which we started to get to know each other. We would just go and get coffee once a week, just the two of us. We would just talk for an hour. And we did that one week just to get to know each other. And he insisted that we do it the next week and then the week after. And we just did it for the rest of our college career. So that for the next three years, that one hour, once or twice a week, we just got to know more about each other than I think I've gotten to know about anyone, at least since I've been in college. And then I have a third best friend from high school, and I don't really actually know how her and I became best friends. I had a friend group in high school, and she kind of joined it kind of at the last minute, not super last minute, but towards the end of junior year. The rest of us have been friends since junior high. And I don't know even what it was that how she got along with us so well. Her family runs in similar circles to my family, and so our families got to know each other. And then she actually got to know my sister pretty well the last few years too, which is kind of, I think, a reason why her and I have gotten along so well, because she understands more than I think any of my friends what my family is like. And I think then, not that I have issues with my family, but if I ever wanted to talk to someone about my family or even simple, stupid things like, what should I get my sister for my birthday? My friend Grace from high school is the first person I'll ask because she knows them better than anyone except for people in the family. So my question for you right now actually is, how many best friends do you think you would say you have? And how long have you known them? I would start by saying that it's a phenomenal question because it's really challenging for me to think about. I would say that I have a handful at present. I can count six from memory that I trust above all else and I feel trust me in the same way. But it is challenging to know because we don't really say it all that often how other people feel about you. I can get a general sense that I'm liked by a friend. But in certain cases, without exterior challenges or circumstances, you don't really know if they would put themselves on the line for you and how much they might sacrifice for your benefit or safety. But at least of the six that I can count now, half of them are friends that I've made in my time at college. And I would say the other three are friends that I have maintained contact with since high school. But it's also key to note here that in my experience, my best friends have shifted with different eras or periods in my life based on what I think I needed in terms of human connection and growth at that point in time, which is not to say that I had so clear an understanding in those days, but looking back, I can see now how different people delivered me, so to speak, from one gateway or passage to the next, because one of my earliest best friends in high school 
was someone who taught me a lot about friendship in general, and we became very close and developed a very strong sense of trust simply in sharing conversations, much like what you've described with coffee dates for that one friend every week. And at one point, I paused and realized that we were very close, and I would consider her a best friend, although again, I don't know if that was a mutual feeling. But having since lost contact, I don't know that we would still consider that relationship to be as sacred as it once was. I think we have positive memories of it. And it's also been curious, as I mentioned before, that certain people have asked me who my best friends were in an effort to understand me better, because I do think best friends say a lot about someone. And I'd be really curious to know, if you might be willing to be this personal, what you think your best friends now, or perhaps in the past, have indicated about your personality or your general trajectory in life? That's a tough question. I don't know. I'm trying to think about the three best friends that I've mentioned thus far and trying to think of my being so close to them. What, if anything, it says about me. What's interesting to note is that we all actually have very different interests. For example, I'll just talk about everyone's majors in college because that's a pretty generalizing type of way to categorize people. I'm a math and econ major. My oldest friend, he was a psychology major. My friend Grace from high school was a history major. And then my best friend at Kenyon is a drama and philosophy major. So kind of the whole spectrum of at least academic interests. Maybe this is getting at what you're talking about. But I think the reason that I have chosen or they have become my best friends over other friends that I have is I think because the three of them are people that are very trustworthy, seems like a very like bland and like of course, kind of way to say it. But I mean, we've touched on this already a little bit. I think they understand where I'm coming from every time I open my mouth more so than anybody else. And they've demonstrated that understanding much more clearly than anybody else. Even if they don't understand, they more so than other people I've met have gone to the effort to try to understand where I'm coming from. What do you think? Will I honestly feel in an abstract or more theoretical conversation like this? Any answer is a good answer, so I appreciate your willingness to share in the first place, and I do think that was solid. And I recognize now that the tables are turned, how challenging it is as a question, but I suppose the role that these friends of mine have all filled and their indications of my properties or values might actually be one and the same because they've all been very open and trusting people almost to a superhuman degree. And I've really valued their openness and honesty because it's allowed me to explore new ideas and grow as a person. And I recognize that I can often be honest to a fault. And I've appreciated the fact that they've one, respected my honesty, but two, been equally honest with me about the things that I've said, mistakes that I've made, and their perceptions of me and my actions. And so I think in being at times mirrors of me in ways that I hope I have also been for them, they've really taught me a lot about myself in a very active way, which is something that I appreciate because with other friends of mine, I don't always learn as much about myself with as much consistency and unbridled good intentions. They've always looked out for me in terms of my growth, and it's something that I thoroughly appreciate in them and probably don't vocalize enough. But before we close this episode, what would you like the audience to think about in terms of best friends after listening to this discussion? One thing I think the audience should think about, and it's kind of what we've been discussing the whole time, but just I think it's good every now and then to think about who your best friends are and why they are your best friends, because I think it's a good self-reflective exercise to think about what you value when you're meeting other people so that when you do go forward in the future and you are meeting new people constantly, you can kind of have a more tangible idea of what it is you like about a person and what it is you don't like so you can surround yourself by people that bring out the best aspects in yourself. 
I agree, and I'd really love to know what the audience thinks about the mutuality of the best friend definition. Do you think that you can be best friends with someone who might not consider you their best friend? And also, as I've been thinking about more and more throughout our discussion, to what degree do you find the title of a best friend to be somewhat ridiculous or maybe silly and unnecessary? Because I've recognized in reflecting on my best friends that I don't know if we'd ever declared that label to our friendship. We just presumed a certain connection, and I think that was fine for both of us, and honestly, to me, implies a certain silent understanding of one another, which can be very powerful, and I would love to know what the audience thinks about that. And Jack, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. It was a pleasure to discuss this with you. My pleasure. But as ever, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are only two voices, and we would genuinely love to hear from you. So if you have any comments, opinions, input, or feedback of any kind, please reach out to us. You can connect with us via Twitter or Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to as well as reviewing the show and sharing it with someone you think might enjoy it or get something out of it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.